you're going to be ran by fear if you don't understand yourself because you're going to identify with the fear. You, you don't even know that you're experiencing fear because you're identifying with it. I can't go to this place. Well, I can't do that because you're fully identified with that voice. But if you understood at a deeper level where that comes from, why you are that way, you can begin to disassociate from it being you. But as long as you believe that fear is you, of course, you're going to fully identify with it. My name is Johnny Elsasser, and I'm a former Special Operations U.S. Army Ranger and Tactical Commander to the U.S. Ambassador's Protective Detail. I have seen the struggle even the most hardened men have faced when they combat their inner demons, and I am here to shine a light on those struggles to show that no man is exempt from adversity and internal pain. Men from all walks of life share their stories of hardship, darkness, and perseverance so that every man knows that whatever he is going through, he is not alone. Evolution for men begins now. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey everyone, welcome back. And today we have Kian Lagi on with us. He is a former professional NFL player and he has changed his life to really understand that his mindset can change anything that he has. He went through a lot of injuries when he was coming out of the NFL, and that's really what ended his career. But using the biology of belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton, it completely flipped over what his possibilities were in his life, which is a book I truly love. If you guys have been listening to the show, you know that I really, really support Dr. Bruce Lipton and how he views the world and how we can change our lives, which is great. But at the end of the day, one of the biggest things I loved about this is that you know he has redefined himself. So similar to what we talked about with Greg prior to this, is that you know Kian has reimagined who he can be in life, and he has taken that to not only overcome the struggles and adversities through the injuries he received during his NFL career, but he has also taken on new challenges that are way beyond what he thought he could have done. So, you know, from winning his first, you know, Muay Thai fight out in Thailand, which is amazing. We talk about that on the episode to really challenging himself and embracing the balance between the feminine and the masculine, which is another shift that I think men can really get into. So hearing this from a man who was at the ultimate level of sports, he was an elite athlete, but not only was he an elite athlete, he was surrounded by an a lot of alpha, alpha males, he dives into that conversation of what it's like to be in that locker room, of what it's like to be in those conversations and what it's like to be surrounded by those kinds of men when you're trying to have a different type of mindset. So really powerful stuff from Kian. I know you guys will enjoy this episode. And as always, I'll see y'all around the corner. All right, everyone. Welcome back to The Art of Masculinity. We have Kian Lage on with us today. How's it going, brother? going fantastic it's 4 a.m over here bright and early and Holy i'm excited shit. to be here with you Woo. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> damn for all my early risers right now bro kian's bringing the heat getting on a podcast at 4 a.m and in a fight camp in thailand right now too right and by the way congratulations you just did your fight in december on your birthday man that's dope yeah thank you yeah i uh it was my my first and probably my last amateur fight they'll ever do there's like 250 <laughs> people there and apparently we were the we were the main event of the entire thing and i had no idea uh and i won so it, it was pretty cool to have that experience and to do it on my birthday uh, in Thailand. So it was quite the, quite the experience, but I think me being here at 4am, I think is a a little bit of a a good testament to the art of masculinity a little bit as well, which I'm sure we'll, we're going to get into some really good stuff. I'm excited to be here. 
Absolutely, brother. Well, this is awesome. Thank you for joining us so early where you are right now. I appreciate that immensely. Well, before we dive in, I'm going to run you through the manly round. You ready for a little quick fire manly round questions? Let's do it. All right, brother. Your first question is, what is your spirit animal and why? Oh, man. Uh, a black panther. A black oh. panther for sure. Uh, I've, I mean, ever since I can remember, I, I remember writing a, a, in sixth grade, we had to write a, a book with a bunch of pictures about an animal that we are resonated with. And the black panther always really just stuck out to me. So I think it's a, a very, obviously, powerful animal that can be on its own and can move about the world and, and be self-sustainable. Uh, but also, I know it can be uh, loving in the moments when it needs to be. So I think there's a, there's a lot there, but the Black Panther really just like resonates with me. Oh, dude, I, it's got a special place in my heart too. I did. Uh, have you done any plant medicine before? Well, I guess this would be animal medicine, uh, like Bufo. Yeah, I've done Bufo before. Okay, so uh, dude, I did my first time doing Bufo. The panther visited me in my my quick journey um, during wow. Bufo. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool, man. Saw it very clearly. Uh, it was definitely a whole vision and, and part of my journey in Bufo. So, and apparently that's a pretty common thing. It's either you go really euphoric with Bufo or it can get kind of dark and you see the panther from what I heard from some shamans. So that was very interesting. Wow. My, mine was a little more euphoric, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> Blast off. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's dope, man. Well, awesome. I love that answer. All right. Your next question is imagine that you're surrounded by a ton of people on like a New York subway and a song comes on over the speakers. What song is it that makes you have to start singing out loud in front of everybody? Oh man. Um I think her name's Florence Nightingale. It's ooh, and it's all right, and it's coming. Yeah. Oh, we got to get it right back to where we yeah. started from. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's it's probably that song. I, that, oh, that I song love it. Dude, you got a good voice, man. You should be freaking singing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Man. I, I love shower singing and you know, singing in the car. Uh, I, I'd be open to it a little more, but yeah, that definitely that song. That song's fire. <laughs> I love that, dude. That's a good song too. Yeah, that that gets me. That one gets me as well, dude. When I start singing in the shower, my wife just want, comes in and wonders if something died. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> oh man! All right. And your last question: um, If you can pick, so you can play in the present, or you can travel back in time. It's your choice, but you got to pick a person who's well known. If you could pick one person who's well known, who would you pick to prank? And if you know the prank, what would it be? <laughs> That's so good. I think Jesus would be fun to prank. <laughs> maybe, maybe just like <laughs> just to see what he would do. Just kind of like in a very serious moment, kind of like come be like, hey, what? Like, sit on your shirt, and then you, know, mm -hmm. you, know, you like do that thing. Yeah, the, the nose <laughs> thing. Just, just see what he would do. <laughs> yeah. Like the one I mean, time just, he gets pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple times he got pissed off. That was the powerful part about him. He, you know, he flipped tables. Uh, yeah. But I think it'd be hilarious if just he uh, just grabs the hand. I don't know. I have no idea what, what would happen, but I think there's a, <laughs> it'd be funny. That's good. I, dude, I enjoy that. When people want to prank Jesus, I think it's hilarious because there's been quite a few people that have wanted to do that. So Jesus is definitely, uh, he's got a lot more support in the pranking world than, than people think. 
<laughs> I believe it. Though, when you're that centered, you, you want to see what what it's like to, to experience that a prank on him. Yeah, oh, I love it, brother. Well, awesome, man. You did great on the manly round. I appreciate you having fun there. You know, diving into a little bit, let's talk about like where you came from and how you. I mean, obviously, you're an elite athlete. You were playing football. You got into some injury stuff, but you came from a pedigree. Being an elite athlete, you come from a pedigree of being in a very masculine environment. And then you chose to start kind of healing that wound with the feminine. You started to read some books, which we'll talk about. One of my favorites that you that you started on. Um, sure, read some books that helped you with that mindset. What was the journey like for you uh, going through that elite level to then coming out to where you are now in this mindset that you're shifting in? Mm. Well, as you said, being playing professional football and being in the football environment, it is a very, very masculinely dominated environment. And it's a space where there's not a lot of capacity to express pain or to give yourself permission to feel sorry for yourself. It's a lot of suppression. It's a lot of moving past pain, uh, not talking about it, and really just being as tough as you possibly can and that being the nature of the sport. And to some extent, it really served me. You know, I started for four years in college, uh, every single game, except the first four of my first year, which I still played in. I I massively contribute my ability to do that to blocking out pain. Mm. And when football got done, when I got to the NFL and ended up having a neck condition to where I could never play again, I took a very different path in instead of learning to to block out and ignore the pain, go deeper into it, feel it, understand it and process it. And that's been, been uh, the journey that I've been on is going in and experiencing a lot of the internal hurt and pain that, that I've had and being able to process it, experience it and no longer have it control me and help me come to the realization that what you suppress will eventually express itself and actually does control you. And so being a man, it's very easy, especially coming from that space to, to not be sharing those things or not be working in actively working through deeper emotional uh, pains. But what many men don't realize and what I didn't realize is that a lot of the pain was actually driving me. So you can't just mm. ignore it. It's actually when it's actually running the show. So uh, I went through a little bit of a, a hippie period where I, I went from being a 235-pound uh, inside linebacker in the NFL to being a 185-pound hippie where I had really long hair and was just focusing on internal health and not really focusing on anything externally as far as being big. But since then, I've, I've come back around, I think, full circle and really embodied deeper levels of my masculinity again. But I had to go through a period where I really went back into a deep feminine state and uh, now I think I've uh, come back to a little more of a, a balanced place within myself. Oh man, so much in there to dive into. The, the first question I have is, so when you, when you had the, the transition point, like you get told there's this injury, like, bro, you pl- keep playing, you're going to be freaking quadriplegic at this point or freaking, you know, full-blown paralysis. So you're getting told this. So you're like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But you're like, okay, now I got to shift. Was there a lot of resistance you had to accept to like kind of surrender to that pain 
to allow that to start coming out? Cause you didn't allow it to come out in football. Right. So like to allow that to come out, was there a lot of resistance there for you? Like mentally and emotionally? Yeah. So I wouldn't say there was, it was, it was resistance because an absence of understanding. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, I didn't know. And I don't know what I don't know, but I think what I do know, I'm very, very good at applying. So I really didn't see the value in going in and processing and working through my deep rooted emotional pain simply because I just wasn't aware of it. Right. And so once I became aware of it and I started to understand it, I'm like, okay, well, this is no brainer. Let me, let me do what it takes to start to go deeper into this and process some of this stuff. So I didn't have a lot of resistance to it, to be honest with you, because I found the value in it. I, and mm. I think what I find value in, I'm, I'm relatively, it's, it's easy for me to go into it. But I also want to say that just because I go into it doesn't mean it's always easy. So yeah. I, I found the value in it very soon once football got done and I learned about it. And I was like, this is a no brainer. But just because it's a no-brainer doesn't mean there's that resistance in the moment of allowing myself to experience it and process it. Uh, it can be very difficult because my my mind's natural way of operating is is compartmentalizing and moving forward, and that's a, a susceptibility mm-hmm. that I have is to just move forward from things. Like when football got done, I didn't I wasn't depressed for an extended period of time. I was I hung out at my my parents' place for like I think it was maybe like three or four days, and then I like jumped back in and started doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, I, I'm not a depressed person. I never have been a depressed person. I'm very good at transitioning and moving forward. But I think with that operating system can come uh, some levels of avoidance of deeper emotions. So I have to make sure that while I'm constantly moving forward and transitioning quickly, I have to be cognizant of some of the emotions that I may be suppressing in those transitional experiences. Mm, yeah. And I love what you said about that is you saw value in it and that helped with the transition. I think that's a key piece that a lot of people miss. It doesn't get talked about a lot, but I think that because you saw value, your ego gave you permission to be like, cool, bro. Like, let's go into this. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I went deep and I went deep into the research too, man. I was like, this stuff fascinating. Uh, but I've, I've, I think that's what I, I attribute a lot of my success to. I think my, my dad is very much that way as well is being able to be open to taking in new information and then being able to mm-hmm. apply it. So I've always been pretty fluid in my ability to, to move about and create change within myself because uh, I'm open. I'm open to it. I love that, dude. Well, you, I mean, you're obviously open to it just knowing that you talked about how you're diving into your feminine or you dove into your feminine pretty deep. And I kind of want to explore that for a second too because a lot of guys that hear this and they hear about the feminine, right? It's not coming from masculine dudes that like yourself who have been (laughs) at like the upper echelons of a masculine culture. It's from guys who have been shamans or spiritual, spiritually centered for most of their lives. Right. Um, So what did that look like for you to take that journey as a guy who came from that uber masculine background, that elite athlete background? It was, oh man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let it, let it process, bro. Let it come out. This yeah. is going to be gold for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the first thing I want to say is it's important for someone like me to speak out on stuff like this, because as you said, the nature of a lot of the people that do speak on this is more of like straight hippie, uh, more operating in like the spiritual realm. But for me personally, I, I've I feel more connected to the earthly realm and I'm glad I can come on here and and share some of this stuff. So some guys that 
don't feel as connected to the like the spiritual operating here on earth can can resonate with this because people people need to hear it i mean it's like it's like tearing yourself apart it, it's it can be it can be really intense and it can be confusing going through periods of deconstructing yourself one of the things i think guys struggle with hardcore and and i know this from my experience but i know a lot of men do as well is that you know part of that feminine attribute or diving into our own feminine side is learning to surrender and receive was there a time when you were going through this process that those were things that you were having to kind of incorporate in your life but you didn't really feel came very naturally like it took you maybe a little more work to implement those Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think even something as basic as somebody asking me if I want, you know, if I'm at somebody's house and uh, they ask me if I want a glass of water, you know, my, my initial response would always be like, oh, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. Thank you. I, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, and I remember having to actually actively having to, to counteract that and to sit and ask myself for a second if I really did want it because my natural response was to be so autonomous and, and independent and not wanting to burden somebody else and, and having to, to do that. But yeah, that that's, oh, and even just getting help in general, I think the place that I came from was super autonomous and independent and always being the one that, that would create and hold space for, for other people. Even because even though I was kind of a animal with football, emotionally, I've always been incredibly sound and uh, available. And my capacity to hold emotional space has always been fantastic. So I always was that person that, that emotionally could hold the space for people uh, and was always the one that people could really look to for inspiration. And learning how to be the other end of that, of being open and being vulnerable and learning how to receive uh, not just a, a glass of water, but also uh, emotional support. Uh, from mm -hmm. people as well was something I really had to make a conscious practice of, of doing. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that was paying for, for emotional support, having the, the ability to do that, which I had a lot of resistance to, which I have since then I've, I've spent tons of money on working <laughs> through and actively processing my, my deeper rooted emotions and being supported in that way. But I couldn't believe how difficult it was for me to do so. It, it was, insane. Yeah. I find a lot of guys struggle with that, whether it's a, whether they're going for a coach or whether they're going for a therapist, like, a, you know, um, it's, they, they struggle to want to, to commit to that because I think they're, I mean, well, why do you think they struggle? I have my opinion. I would love to hear yours. Why do you think men struggle with what, what, what went through you? What were the stories you were creating when you struggled with that, um, intention to, to kind of even enlist support through the exchange of energy known as money. Yeah. Well, when I, when I first hired the coach that I've worked with very, very substantially, I didn't have the money that I really needed. To, I didn't have the money that I needed to pay him. And he, he's the best, I would say the best in the industry that, that I'm in. And that at the time he was the guy and I actually rejected him and worked with somebody else that was cheaper and ended up being a bad situation. Yeah, it ended up being a bad situation. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was typical right. du typical dude move. Typical dude yeah, move. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, <laughs> let me weigh it out price wise. Well, let me let me this this one's cheaper. Let me go to this one first, even though I, I knew it. I knew it, man. Yeah. And so I, I ended up you know swallowing my pride and um, got a small loan from my parents and ended up paying it back pretty quickly. But uh, I just it's just pride, man. It just it's just pride that inherently lives inside of us, I think, as men. And it's important to be able to, I, I think pride is powerful and it can be uh, an incredible tool that we have. But when it, when it runs us in a way where it doesn't allow us to get the help that we need, when we know that we needed, need it, that's when we can run into issues with, with some of that pride. And I think that's what I was trying to overcome was that. And with some good counsel from, from uh, a best friend, I was able to really push through that. And that's why community, we can get into that as men is one of the most powerful things that we have. And I, and I attribute a lot of my, a lot of my success to having incredible community around me. Uh, but yeah, I think it was just, just pride that we like to do things on our own and, and like to do things our way, but uh, being able to, to kind of put that aside, which I, like I said earlier, I've historically been pretty good at that and eventually do come around to it, which I did. Yeah. Uh and it, but but that's it. It can be difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great too. Because I don't all honestly, man, with over 300 some odd episodes now, I don't think many people have talked about pride too much on here. And I think that's a really good one to note that that's that's something that we use as men to kind of almost protect what I consider to be a, a weak spot in a chink in our armor there because of the fact that we could use help, but yet well, because of our pride, we won't enlist it. Right. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the, let's talk about the support that you have too around you. So, you know, I, I've had um, other professional athletes on here and there's a difference when you guys leave the sport and maintaining friendships from the sport outside of the sport. Was that something that you lost as well when that happened? And did you have to find a new group to, to really anchor around you as your kind of support system and friends and guys that you surround yourself with? I wouldn't necessarily say that I, that I had to, I think I had, they, they were good friends. Like they were good friends, great friends that I had, but I think the direction that we were going is very different. You know, I've always been someone that has had a lot of friends around me, but I've always been relatively autonomous as well. So, I mean, I was, you know, on, on homecoming court and always really like friendly with people but I, I've always still done my thing. And I think a lot of the guys that I was really, really good friends with, that I still am today, they, they took different paths. You know, I immediately moved to a, a big city. Then I moved to another country. I've lived internationally for like three and a half years. So like the, my path of what I wanted to do was very different from, from a lot of the people that I played ball with. So naturally, mm. as I moved into a different space, was expanding and going deeper into this emotional stuff, which none of my football friends <laughs> were, were, were doing that. so. Yeah. The, the, I, I just don't even know if they were really aware of it. Like maybe they were, maybe sure. they weren't. I'm sure they've heard me on podcasts. We know when we talk about it sometimes, but it's just not, it's like kind of a foreign space that they, they haven't gone into. And so naturally, you know, as my interests shift and change, the people that I was attracting into my life were shifting and changing as well. And so I, I couldn't relate as much to them in that way. And, and now I have, different friends that I've been able to meet along the way that definitely resonate with me and how I'm operating and, and doing things now. But I think I'm really uh, different. And so not a lot of the people that I grew up with fully understand. They're just kind of there. And they're like, okay, you're obviously having success doing what you're doing. We're not really sure entirely what all this is, but 
it's kind of like looking from afar and I'm sure they're they're and they tell me all the time they're admiring me and in, in the way that I go about life and, and move about and do things. But yeah, I, I mean a lot of my friends from from the football days, they don't resonate much, but we still get together every once in a while and we talk. Yeah, and I, I think you like when you're transitioning in life, just in general, so not even like football for you, but just in the path that you've gone on, the mindset you've taken on, as we all transition in life, yeah, we we de- we tend to not resonate always with the people who've been in our lives. And then, but that's where I think a lot of guys get lost. And um, I'd love to get your input on how, how maybe something that you could give guys that can help them with that when they are searching for a new group of friends or they are searching for men when they're on this evolutionary journey and the people in their life no longer kind of resonate with that. Are you saying from the standpoint of men clinging to, to those relationships or having a difficult time being able to find new ones? I, I actually let, both. So we'll do the first part with men clinging to old relationships that may not be serving them. You know, but for me, I, I'll go back to more of like the logical part of it that really allows me to be able to exp- like expand in, in having deeper understanding of something. And so when, when I don't under, under fully understand a concept, I take the time to, to, to research it and ask people about it and Google it and YouTube it and watch videos about it. That helps me be able to take action in the way of that that's best for me. And so I know staying in, a, in an environment that is no longer serving me doesn't allow for my growth, doesn't allow for the growth around me, for the people that I'm clinging on to. It makes it easier to be able to, to make that transition. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think, I think that's well known enough information now at this point of like, you have to put yourself in an environment that, that supports what you want and supports your goals. That it just, that's a prerequisite to having success is having the courage to be able to do that. Like that's just like mm. something that, that you that you have to do uh, is separate yourself from environments that don't support you. But also at the same time, you know, I, I found that going to different environments, running different environments is really fun because you, you learn what what you want, who you want to become and what you want to be. And then you can actually put yourself in different geographical locations that support that essence. And when you put yourself in a different geographical location, there's different people that you're going to meet. And I think for a lot of men, it's, it's especially when you're in your younger days, like having the courage to, to leave and go different places is one of the most powerful, important things that, that you can do because each place holds an essence. And for me, I'm from South Dakota. Uh, mm-hmm. I, right. Like it's put your head down, you work hard. You don't talk about your emotions. You don't talk about your yeah. accomplishments. You're very independent. You're very autonomous. You just do what you need to do. And so I had to like Miami for me was incredible to move to after South Dakota because it exposed me to a different, completely different way of operating, completely different people. I get to Miami and it's a complete opposite. It's like in Miami, it's how can I present myself as being as successful as possible without actually being successful, right? How can I get there as quick? How can I get there as quick, quick as possible without actually becoming it or putting in the work to become it? Right. That was a lot of the yeah. essence of Miami. It's like, I look like this, I have this car, I have this, but really, you don't really know if I actually am or not. So it, for me, <laughs> that was powerful. For, it was, and I love Miami. I fucking love Miami. But 
it, it was powerful because it exposed me to this other way of being that said, Hey, it's okay to express yourself and just to, to be, it's okay to, to, to not have to, um, spend all the time just becoming, you can also talk about yourself and market yourself in a way that's a little more open and expressive. So I learned a lot oh, of Miami yeah. from being that. And so I obviously it's heavily influenced by the Latin culture, which is in it inherently very expressive and very open. It's the dancing, it's mm -hmm. the arts, it's, it's the expression of the, it's even the, the way that they speak, right? Spanish, it's very like beautiful and elegant in how they talk. And I wanted to go deeper into that essence because I came from the opposite. So what I do, I moved to Colombia. I lived in, in, in Colombia for, for a year where I was immersed in this expressive, open culture where I felt like I could take on some of the essence of that space. And naturally, I met other people that were in that space as well that were following in a similar journey as me. And since then, I've lived in Brazil. And, and I, I mean, Brazil is, is one of my most favorite places in the world uh, open expressive capital of the, of the world, I would say, uh, but going somewhere, going to a place that holds an essence of, of what you like to embody more of and having the courage to do that is one of the most important things that we can do as men. It's the, the hero's journey is leaving home and going and experiencing that. And knowing that the people that we need to meet along the way will follow, but a lot of it's taking taking the courage to be able to take the step yourself and going somewhere else, living somewhere else. And then you'll naturally just attract people that, that aren't uh, who you were in that past season of life. Mm, I love that, man. That's a great tool. And, and while you might think that that is common knowledge, it is very much not with a lot of men. They still struggle with this, man. And uh, it's beautifully what you said, because beautiful what you said, because of the fact that when you get out there, you do, you kind of get in immersed in these different environments, immersed around these different people and your perspective starts to change. But I feel a lot of men, um, the reason why I, I think they struggle with the concept is because they, they lack the courage because they lack the confidence in themselves. Right. And obviously you being a guy who is you know, this athlete, you have immense confidence in who you are that you, and your capabilities, um, that lends to allowing you to do that. But I got guys, like if I was a guy asking you, well, Hey bro, like, what if I'm just like, not that confident in myself? How do I, how do I do this? Like, how do I open myself up to different and new relationships? Right. Yeah. It, well, it's like part of it's just understanding that you kind of have to, or you die. Like <laughs> and there's like this element of it too. It's just like, <laughs> like you, you don't, you, you don't have time to, to, to try to get around it. It's just something that you have to do to get yourself to that next level. And if you're not at the point where you're capable of doing that, then don't do it and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, it's just a step you have to take and, and you, you can't get around it. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you, you have to, or you die, like, or you, you can't get to where you want to get to. And, and I think there's a reason why not everybody's able to have this, the, the autonomy and the freedom and the success that they want to be able to have, because the barrier to entry is very difficult and it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be able to make those big decisions to go somewhere else. It is, but, yeah. but the art of masculinity, man, the art of masculinity is not fully identifying with that, that fear and being able to still because there's a little part of you that knows that it's right, be able just to, to take the action of put yourself in that environment. If you, if you can just take the step to, to 
to put yourself in the environment, the rest will, will naturally begin to support you. And you don't have to have all the details figured out. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can just be in tune with the inspiration of where you want to go or what you want to do, if you could just literally just take the step to, to throw yourself in that environment, the rest will, will handle itself. You don't have to know. You don't have to know all, all of the ex, extra pieces. It just naturally begins to reveal itself. But it's, it's like you can avoid it all you want and you can work through any emotions that are there that are preventing you from doing it. But really, there's still going to be the fear that's there. It's still going to exist. And that is, I think, the definition of masculinity is, is not identifying with fear that is there but being able to do something that you know is right separate from the presence of it. And that, that I think, I don't know if that ever fully goes away. I don't know if fear ever goes away. I get, I get excited and anxious whenever I make big decisions, but I've created a little bit of a different relationship, I think, than the, with it within the majority of people, which we could probably talk about. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't think fear ever. I don't, and I actually am not a proponent of getting rid of fear. I think that keeps you alive. Like you were talking about, like you die. I believe it keeps you alive, man. That's how you experience this life is, I mean, part of it is to have that fear. That fear keeps us with that edge. That's why men are adrenaline junkies in a lot of ways. There's a lot of guys out there who are adrenaline junkies because there's an element of fear to that adrenaline, you know, because there is the element of possibility that it's not all safe and that you're inherently risking something. And that is also enjoyable and terrifying at the same time, which creates exhilaration, right? So it's, uh, it's beautifully said, brother. I love that as well. But yeah, you know, I love that you're opening up about that because fear is a driving force for you. For, for me, it is as well. And for all men out there, but guys that allow the fear to overtake them, that's where they end up living a life of just mediocrity. Yeah, and that's why knowing yourself is is one of single handedly one of the most powerful things that you can ever do. And I, and self awareness is something that a gift that I feel like I've had, and being like I like I reverted to earlier with having incredible emotional capacity to support people around me. I've I and also evolve and change myself. I've always known a lot of my weaknesses pretty well, pretty well, better than better than almost anybody else. There's not a lot of things somebody else could tell me about me that I don't already know about a weakness that, that, that I'm experiencing within myself. And that's where there's, there's ways that fear runs us that we would, would be able to move past if we understood that part of us that is scared for that, from that experience. And that's why, as men, if you don't understand yourself emotionally, you don't understand your deep-rooted programming of why you are the way you are then it's going to be difficult to overcome the fear because you're going to identify with it. And there's still mm-hmm. ways that, that I identify with fear that I'm not aware of. Uh, but I think for the most part, I've, I've lived a pretty incredible life to this point because of my ability to understand my susceptibilities, understand my natural, based on my upbringing dispositions, and be able to do the opposite of what my programming says that I should do because of self-awareness. And mm. so that that's as men, like you're, you're going to be ran by fear if you don't understand yourself because you're going to identify with the fear. You can't know that you, you don't even know that you're experiencing fear because you're identifying with it. It's like mm-hmm. the answer. Oh, I, I can't go to this place. Oh, I can't do that because you're fully identified with that voice. But if you understood at a deeper level, 
where that comes from, why you are that way. You can begin to disassociate from it being you. But as long as you believe that fear is you, of course, you're going to fully identify with it. So self-awareness and understanding the self is, is one of those powerful and, and your, our weaknesses and our susceptibilities and our programming uh, is single-handedly the most powerful tool that, that you can have. So you can start to separate from those voices that are telling you that you shouldn't and that you can't. Yeah. And it, was this something you always had early on in your days? Or this awareness of yourself and of your abilities and everything else was this something you carried with you early on, or is this something that started to be come um, more into your field of view as you started to kind of evolve into this man that you are today? Particularly um, leaning towards like Bruce Lipton's work, Doctor Bruce Lipton's work. Yeah, I think there's layers to it. I think naturally I was way more gifted than most men in the department of self-awareness for sure. Uh, mm. but it's, it's been levels to it. I've gone deeper and deeper and deeper as I've been exposed to, to more and more. And that's the beautiful part is that it doesn't, it doesn't really end. Like it doesn't end. Yeah. Like as I go deeper into this game of life and go into these other levels, it brings up more and more and more. And I've, I've developed a relationship with it where I know that as I go deeper into this game of life, it's going to keep bringing up more and more deeper stuff that I have. And so it's almost, I, I've come to terms with it being a never-ending process of it just being layers that I have that I have to go through and, and process. So I don't see it as like a switch on or off of like, oh, now I'm ran by fear and now I'm not ran by fear. It's, it's just naturally yeah. as you go, it's, it's like the process of going to the NFL, right? Like me playing high school football, it might be a little easier than playing college football. And then playing in the NFL is going to be a little more difficult than playing college football. And like, as you go deeper into these layers of, of life and, and in the game of life, you have different problems and different things that you have to solve that bring up deep rooted securities that you didn't even know were there. And that's what I, I love. I love the complexity of having to go in and find where I have limitations in myself and being able to overcome them. And that's what makes life so fun to me is my ability to be able to go in, find them, uh, rewire them, and then be able to put a different programming in that supports me more in, uh, in this season of life. So it, it never ends. It's just the, the problems become different. And as life becomes more like, complex and you master certain levels, it brings up different things that you didn't even know exist before. It's like, you can't be exposed to certain levels of insecurity if you don't have the event happen to mm -hmm. bring up that certain insecurity. And there's certain levels to it, right? It, my problems when I'm trying to make, you know, $60,000 as an entrepreneur compared to $200,000 as an entrepreneur compared to a million dollars as an entrepreneur, bring up different things inside of, inside of us. So yeah. it's, it's cool to be part of that. And I've established a relationship with it where I just like, that's just how it is. It's not, it's not an on or off. It's just always evolving. Well, and I think that the way you're even speaking about this, I think is already a thing, a message that men can take away from this episode is the fact that you're speaking about it in a way that you are embracing the constant evolution of who you are and what life is. I think in oftentimes for some reason, and I don't know why I still have yet to figure this one out, 
but we, we feel like at some point in manhood, we're fixed. Like there's no more evolution. Like, you know, you know what, you know, you, you can do what you can do. Right. And it's like, bro, no, we, we do have this ability, you know, Kian's perfectly dead on. We have this ability to just constantly continue to evolve. Yeah. I, but, but with that, man, it's like, I notice the tension that I have in certain moments to want to hold on to that for sure. For sure. I, I experience levels of that as well of like, Oh, this feels good. Okay. Just plow through that. That's great. <laughs> Let me just stay here for a bit. And I think that's okay. I think that's beautiful. I think there's periods of when we're going through substantial growth and we have to take massive action and, and be able to plow through things and work through things. And then after on the other side of that, there's a little bit of consolidation of, of uh, enjoying the fruits of the action that we took. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. But then it's being able to then see when the next time is to take the big massive action, be able to stay aligned with it. And that's where as time's gone on, I, I've I'm less about always taking frantic action and more about being in tune with what are the big pieces of action that, that I need to take and then being able to enjoy the space in between there. Uh, because I think naturally for me, I moving forward and progressing, it's not hard for me. And I and I've loved it, but enjoying the process of that experience. I have lacked in the past mm, because of just trying yeah. to get to the target, right? So for me, it's it's being able to move forward, but also find levels of enjoyment in it at the same time. And um, but then it's it's very important to be aware of when we're uh, our susceptibility to want to peak off and level off. So it's there's this kind of like fine line. That that you can dance. Maybe it's because of the level that, that I'm at with with it, of my relationship with it, that I can talk about it in that way. But there there could be a dance between being able to enjoy it and really reap the fruits of the experience of the action that you've taken, and then being able to know when the right time is to then take the next leg up and take that massive action. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. And we do, we find comfort in those plateaus, like those plateaus are we meant, I think people in general, we just love to sit in those plateaus because it becomes easy. Once we know it's a known commodity, right? We know exactly what to expect. We know how to handle it and we're good to go. But that I think there is, like you said, there is value to living in that a little bit here and there, but then still allowing yourself to leave that and challenge yourself. And so speaking of that, where you're at right now, where you are in life and in your career, what's one of the things that's really challenging you today? Um, whether it's physically or whether it's spiritually or emotionally, what are, what's something that's challenging you today? Yeah, that's a great question. Something that's that I'm being challenged with is so <laughs> this is really complex, but I'd be happy to explain it. Getting done, getting done with football, I, I felt being in the service industry has all is all I've ever done. I've I've never had another job. I never like worked a nine to five. But being someone that is in of service to other people has been something I've done since getting out of football seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And so that was starting off as personal training, and then I got into. Uh, I created a program for people with autoimmune conditions and digestive disorders, and I helped 
them work through those conditions nutritionally. And then also at the same time, emotionally, and then fully going into the emotional support for people that had that. And then it's been emotional support for, for entrepreneurs and, and athletes and people that are very successful uh, in this life. So I've only ever done service-based things where I was consciously helping other people work through or get to a higher level. And <laughs> people might think, I, I, okay, maybe I'm projecting. I think it, it's <laughs> kind of weird, but I, but, I, but I actually, there's a certain level of bondage that I have to that, to being of service that mm-hmm. I have to overcome. And so I've been able to make good money, very good money, uh, being in service to people and helping them work through things. But there's a part of me that knows I have to leave it. I have to mm-hmm. leave it because that, that's part of my process of, of uh, getting through the emotional bondage and capacity that I have for other people and getting into an industry where I'm actually not directly helping anybody. Wow. Uh, and, and that feels because I've derived a lot of value from the emotional support that I've been able to give other people. And being able to leave the industry and make money doing something that is not of this nature is important for me in my evolution. So I'm going through that that right now of leaving it and stepping into a different opportunity and really going through a season where I'm not of service to to anybody. Mm. And it's um it challenges my programming substantially because that's a state that I've used to give myself permission to, to feel certain levels of okayness in myself. And I'm excited for it. Uh, but also it, it brings up deeper levels of uh, loneliness in myself that I have to confront to be able to continue to evolve in my, my own evolution of getting more of what I want so I can show up in a way that I truly, truly desire. So as I step further away from being that emotional support for other people, it brings up some of these feelings, almost like an addiction that, that I've had. Yeah. And like help, helping other people has been my way of getting out of that addiction yeah. uh, to, to some extent. Right? It's, been my, it's been my fix. So, you know, obviously when you stop doing drugs, uh, if you, when you're addicted to them, it brings up a lot of the withdrawal symptoms that you now have to deal mm. with. And, um, it's been a slow process of me doing it, which I think is, has been really powerful for me, but it's going through that full, like cutting it off completely. And, you know, most people won't understand that because, you know, we live in a world that is obsessed with, uh, service and talks about mm-hmm. service and talks about helping others and helping the world. Uh, but for, for many of the, the, you know, men out there, maybe like me that have always been of emotional support for other people being able to, to not be in that for an extended period of time and to learn who I am separate from that part of myself is really important for me to do. Uh, but I definitely experienced the resistance to it and it feels like, Oh, like I'm, I'm cutting <laughs> away part of part of myself, which I really yeah. am. Uh, and I fully yeah. intend to come back to it. I am sure in a future season, but being able to, to do that where I'm not in service to anybody, but serving my own selfish desire is something that I have to go deeper into for, for myself and breaking the bondage of emotional support for other people. 
Dude, that's so first off, thank you for sharing that. That is amazing, brother. Like sharing what you're going through right now in your life and how you're evolving. I think a lot of guys being able to just hear you talk about that in general, it's going to give them a lot of clarity on their own lives. But um, the other thing about it is I, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of men out there that live in a hundred percent service. Um, that's something I call martyrdom. Men, men are taught that martyrdom is supposed to be a good way of life for men, but you forget about yourself and you lose yourself. Right. And that's where you're coming back to. You're like, well, let me find me again and then be able to go back to giving service from a different place. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and man, it's hard because there's people that want to throw money at me too. Right. It's like, I go, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I'm done. I'm done coaching here. I'm in like, it can be hard when that's when obviously money is an important thing as well. So then it's coming like confronting some of the feelings of cutting off a, a, a life support that I have for myself that brings in a lot of money, right? Saying, yeah. no, I'm going to cut, I'm not, I'm just going to cut that off and say, yeah. no, and I'm going to trust that, that whatever is on the other side, which, you know, there's some really cool opportunity that's coming, uh, is correct for me. So it's not only the emotional part, but also being able to sit in the tension of the financial part as well of, of literally just saying no to, to people wanting to give me money and stepping into the unknown of not fully knowing uh, consciously where that, that money will, will come from. So there's a few different things that go into it, which probably adds mm -hmm. to the resistance as well. Well, and it also gets, it gives you the ability to practice that feminine too, because the feminine is balancing with that chaos, balancing with that receiving and that trusting and surrendering to the universe and allowing whatever to happen on the other side to happen, right? Like that's one of those beautiful pieces that, that we as men don't necessarily inherently cultivate in ourselves. But when we do some of this work that you've done, you get the chance to embody that and be like, okay, now it's a different story for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been building up to it too. I've been building up to this. I said three years ago, I wanted to take off one month in uh, 2020, which I took off December completely from, from coaching. So I sat in that tension a little bit then. Nice. And then I took off two months, November and December in, uh, 2021 completely. And, and I did underwear modeling in Colombia. <laughs> so I stopped, I, I, I cut off it. all my coaching clients and I did, oh, I did that for two months, which was an, an incredible experience to get deeper into some of that, like uh, feminine part of myself. Uh, and then nice. I said, I was going to take off six months this year. And I took off, I cut all my clients off at, at the six month mark this year. And I sat into it a little bit. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to just sit on a beach and do nothing. I've done that before. And I'm like, I don't want to just chill. So I'm open to people coming in and, and clients, but I'm not going to actively pursue anybody. I'm not going to market. Right. I'm not going to do any of that. And that's how I chose to spend this last six months of the year. So I've been building up to this like ability to be able to like, let go completely. So I've gone spurts where I've intentionally cut off my income stream to sit into the tension a little bit of not having mm. any money coming in and sitting into the trust that came on comes on the other side of it, which every time I've sat into the courage of cutting off money, it comes back mm. way more. And it's consistently happened over and over again, which is kind of cool. Uh, so That's I've powerful. been, I've been building up to it, but I've almost like, I, I create these experiences for myself to have to sit in detention uh, that are really powerful where I'll intentionally do things that I know can lead to, to growth that might not be yeah. as comfortable in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's kind of like uh, that philosophy of you know pruning back you know plants, right? When you prune them back, they end up growing bigger the next season. And Ooh. if we apply that to our yeah, when we apply that to our lives, we're able to thrive even more. The problem is most of us just see we're cutting something, right? They don't see that. Well, after the cut comes the season of growth, right? So that's beautiful, man. I, I love that. That's, that's a great example doing. too. I've never heard that example before. That's 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 in a remarkable example to describe exactly what I said uh, with the pruning of plants. Absolutely. Okay. Cause, cause what, what do most guys do? What, what is our inherent nature to do? It's to, to wait until the weather or the conditions wear out that, that part of the plant, right? It's yeah. like, well, now, now, now I have to, now I have to change because the weather or a, a circumstance where maybe that, that branch was off on the sidewalk and somebody breaks it off. Yeah. And that now I have to do, now I have to adjust instead of being able to take the initiative of, cutting yourself a little bit here and there when the inspiration's right and not waiting for that part of you to, to fall or things around you to collapse is incredibly powerful for sure. Yeah. I love that brother. Dude, this has been such a fun conversation, man. You're obviously well-versed in where you are in life. And I truly, truly am grateful for your time, for your wisdom and for coming on here and sharing with, all the people listening. So thank you, brother. Before we head off though, tell everybody where they can best find you or get a hold of you or just keep an eye on you while you're doing right now you're pruning back, but maybe when you start to expand again, how to keep an eye on you. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely welcome, Johnny. This has been incredible, man. I'm so grateful that, that you have this platform and that you created the space for us to have this conversation because I know this is massively benefiting tons of men and even women that listen to this, they can incredibly benefit as well. So thanks for creating the space. Appreciate Absolutely. Appreciate um, but they can find me at kian.loggy on Instagram. I'm sure you'll put the, the spelling of that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and Kean Loggy on Facebook. Those are the two spots where, where I'm most active. Awesome, brother. Well, you're super dope, man. I, I love this conversation. Uh, the last question I have for you, you kind of already answered it, man. You, you fucking spoiled this, but you know what? <laughs> we're still going to, we're still going to do it. We're still going to do, do it. We're still going to do it. <laughs> what does the art of masculinity mean to you? Ooh, you know, the, but the cool part is that it's such a, um, multifaceted thing. So there's multiple things that we could talk about. So good, because I already talked about a couple other pieces of it. I'm sure we could yeah. add another piece here that I haven't. The ability to do what you know is right, separate from the fear that you experience. I think that's as like simple as I can put it. I love that. That's really good, man. Guys, can you can live by that one. I love that. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. For everybody listening, thank you guys for hopping on and joining us for the podcast. As always, remember to drop the ego and stay humble. Till next time, guys. <laughs>